Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. For all the people that are listening online, we have people that tune in from all over the world, and we'd like to welcome you. Uh, you're part of our extended church family, and uh, we're so honored to have you listening. Uh, we believe that God is not doing something just great here in Royce City, that He's doing something great all over the world. Amen. We're starting a brand new series called Follow. I'm excited about this series. As I was preparing uh, for this message, man, I, I really am looking forward to it. I, I believe that it's going to change your life. Uh, Matthew 9, turn to Matthew 9. And we're going to read verse 9 through 13. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'll always put it up here on the screen for you, no worries. Matthew 9, 9 through 13. Let's read it together. It says this, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. Come on, somebody say, follow me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Follow me. There you go. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here at the church that paper never forgets. I forget what I preach, but your paper never will. Amen? If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Jesus Says. Jesus Says. Lord, I thank you right now. For the word of God, Lord, I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you for every ear in here that's open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, growing up, I always loved playing uh, games in elementary school, uh, you know, anytime it was game time, uh, towards the end of the year, you know how it is, you, you get done with testing, and then you just get to have fun for the rest of the year, and so we'd always play different games, and, and some of my favorite games were, uh, I, my, uh, my all-time favorite game was probably kickball, because I love kickball, who doesn't like a good game of kickball, and, I, and I, so I love playing that game, and secondly, I love dodgeball. Uh, because anytime you get to smash somebody's face with a giant rubber ball, it's pretty awesome, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, how about wall ball? Anybody play some wall ball growing up, man? You get to peg people. Come on. Any, I, I might have some issues there. I don't know. You know, I'm starting to worry about myself. Violent sports, I seem to like. But, uh, but you know, so I play wall ball. I had all these different games that I loved to play, but there was one game that I absolutely despised, and that was a game called Simon Says. I hated Simon Says. It was, in my opinion, I could see through what the teachers were trying to do. They were just trying to get you to bow to the man. That's what they were trying to do. You know, it was, it was all about obedience and do what Simon says. Or, or and you know, and, and it didn't matter how hard I tried. Uh, I would get caught up in the moment, and I would ultimately fail to do what Simon said. 
And I would end up, come on, getting cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sitting on the sidewalk in solitary confinement until I could, uh, until all the other good boys and girls, come on, messed up. When, and then when they screwed up, then everybody got to restart, and it, it didn't matter. Uh, about one or two times in, there I was, I was out again. And even though I hated that game, at some point when I, when I was in high school, I started treating my walk with Jesus a lot like a game of Jesus Says. I didn't like the game, but I started trying to uh, do that in my Christian walk. And Jesus says, uh, don't talk like that. And Jesus says, uh, don't look at her. But Jesus, have you seen her? You know, that's kind of the way I was. In high- <laughs> don't look at me like you are all Christian. Je- Jesus, Jesus says, you, you know, you better behave yourself. Jesus said, and, and ultimately, I would try to live by these rules, and I would try to do everything that I was supposed to do, and I, I tried to do a, a check off my box, and ultimately, I would end up failing, and I wouldn't do what Jesus said, so I would, I would just throw up my hands and said, I can't do it, so I'm out. I'm out. Come on, we all we know that there's people in here from all different walks, but a lot of times, if you've been if you've been saved or a Christian, call yourself a Christian for any length of time, you understand that Christianity is a lot like a roller coaster, and most of the time it has to do with this. We don't think we're measuring up. We don't think we're doing good enough. We don't think we're checking all the boxes or doing what I'm supposed to do. So we end up throwing up our hands, and we might go through the motions, but we're not really in it because, honestly, we're out. I'm out. I think most of you in here, no matter where you are in your walk with God, could say this. You would say that Jesus says, if you're willing to fill in the blank, you can follow me. Everybody has a different word to fill in. If you're, if you're willing to read your Bible every day, then you can follow me. If you're willing to pray, you can follow me. If you're willing, come on, to have perfect attendance at church every Sunday, you can follow me. And we all have these blanks that we, that we, we, we in our mind, even though we don't really think about it, we honestly are trying to fill in this blank. And when we don't do everything that we think that we should be doing, we throw up our hands and say, I don't know if I can do it. I, I can't measure up. I can't make it. I'm, I'm not doing everything that Jesus said. Maybe you're here today and you've dropped out of church. And you stop following Jesus. You stopped your pursuit with Jesus because you think, I can't do everything Jesus said. I, I, I can't do it all. I, I, I keep messing up. And, and honestly, Easter Sunday sometimes is kind of like January is for working out. Easter's for church. You know, every January you're going to get in shape. Every Easter I'm going to get back in church. And, and I wonder, you know, we had these big, massive spikes in attendance, and then people start kind of falling away. And I, and I began to ask myself this question, and I think that if everybody in here was really honest, you, you go through, you go, man, I'm going to do everything that I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to be a good boy, or I'm going to be a good girl, and I'm going to measure up, and I'm going to make it happen, and I'm, gonna, I, I'm never going to uh, get drunk again. I'm never going to do something crazy. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to cuss. And we get all of these things going, and the truth is is that we end up falling short. And so because we didn't do what Jesus said, we fall out. I can't pursue a perfect God because I'm not perfect. 
I messed up. I made a mistake. I can't do this. But can I tell you something, church? If your pursuit of Jesus is anything but relationship, can I suggest that you're off track? If your pursuit of Christianity or Jesus as a whole is anything but relationship, if it's a list of do's and don'ts and things that I have to do and things that i got to get done, and you go through this mental checklist and you're thinking, well, if I get all this done, then Jesus will love me and Jesus will care about me. Can I tell you that Jesus is all about relationship, not about a list of do's and don'ts? You begin to look in the Bible and read and you'll understand that Jesus was, uh, was always, when he referred to himself, it was all about relationship. He says, I'm like a father and you're like a child. Now, some of us get that a little bit twisted because maybe you grew up in a home with a bad dad. I mean, that happens. I, I, I can't imagine it. But maybe you grew up in a wrong relationship, and so a father-child kind of is skewed for you. But a real relationship with a father and child, come on, is loving, is caring, come on, is consistent. That's the way that it works. Here's, a, here's the other thing he says. He says, I'm like a vine and you're the branch. What does that tell you? We're connected. A vine and branch can't be healthy and not be connected. That's just the, that's not the way it is. It's all about relationship. How about he says this? He says, I'm the shepherd and you're the sheep. Now, we lose it here because most of us aren't sheep herders. We don't, we don't know anything about this. But they say, it, it goes on to say, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. See, Jesus, when he referred to himself, was all about relationship. And I think most of us would fill in the blank of something different. Our mind at some point and some time has gotten twisted. Now we think Jesus is judge and we're on, we're on the stand. We're, we're guilty as charged and he's, he's judging. And let me tell you, it's more of a relationship than it is anything. It's all about relationship. What if everyone in this place, for those of you that are still kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about Jesus. I'm not sure about this whole Christian thing. I like the church. I like the music. I, I like the people. I think it's a pretty cool place to be, you know, and I'm kind of, just kind of feeling it out. And, and all the way to people who are super Christian. Come on, they got Christian stickers on the back of their car. Where Their whole wardrobe is nothing but not of this world t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? They, they could quote scripture all day long. They, you know, super Christians. They, they're amazing. But, but people that are kind of like, I'm just not sure about it. All the way, to, there's people in the middle that are just kind of trying to figure it out. Don't have it all together yet. And they're all the way up to people that have been saved since they were born, it seems like. And they've got it all together. And you look at them and go, I ain't even close. But what if all of us during this series got rid of all of our preconceived ideas of what Jesus said and could answer one question are you following Jesus not are you behaving not are you doing everything you're supposed to do not have you checked all the boxes not have you prayed enough but just simply are you following Jesus There's four things that I want to show you about following Jesus. 
And number one is being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. It's actually a prerequisite. Being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. It's actually a prerequisite. In Matthew 9.10, I love this because we see Jesus walk up to a man named Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector. And for those, most of us, I had a, actually after service, a guy walked up to me and he's like, here's my card. And he's a tax collector. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Awkward. But Matthew was a tax collector, and not only was he a tax collector, he was in the middle of doing. Now, here's, here's what you have to understand, is tax collectors in that day were the worst of the worst. Because not only were they collect, collecting taxes, they were actually thieves. They would steal. They, they got to take whatever they want. As long as Rome got their money, they didn't care. What You could take anything you wanted. You could steal it. You could do whatever. And they were bad dudes. I mean, they were, they were evil. Let me tell you how bad tax collectors were. It, it says here, it says that Jesus walked up and there was tax collectors and sinners. Sinners didn't even want to be associated with tax collectors. That's how bad they were. Come on. They, they like, hey, listen, I know I'm bad. I know I do some bad stuff. I'm a sinner. I'll, I'll give you that. But I'm not a tax collector. Don't you even lump me in with that group. See, see, the thing is, is that Jesus walks up to a man named Matthew while he's doing the very thing that he shouldn't be doing. He's, he's actually in the middle of sinning. He's actually in the middle of being evil. And Jesus walks up and says, hey, Matthew, follow me. What? No, no, you don't, you don't understand. You, 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 don't, you, you, you don't know. Jesus, you don't just walk up to somebody like that and say, follow me. You, 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 don't, you can't do that. See, the thing is, is that we have to understand. We've, we've put in our mind that we have to get everything together, and we have to get all of our ducks in a row, and i got to clean up before I can come to Jesus. And I love this because there, Matthew hadn't prayed. Matthew hadn't been in church. Matthew wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And still Jesus, come on, the Savior of the world, walks up to him in the middle of his dysfunction come on in the middle of everything that he was doing wrong and he says Matthew follow me we think he should have walked up to him and said Matthew hey listen you're a mess dude okay I'm just gonna tell you but I I see I see you got some stuff in there okay and so here's what I'm gonna do Um, I've Got you on a short list for you to follow me. Okay, there's a few guys ahead of you, but you're on the short list. So if you do X, Y, Z, I'll check back with you in three weeks. And if you do those things, then you're going to go up to the top. And then I might consider, that's the way we act. That's the way we think. And the truth is, is that Jesus didn't give him a list of do's and don'ts. He just said, follow thing about Jesus is is that he loves you between the gap of who you are and who he's called you to be he loves you in the beginning he loves you in the middle and he loves you at the end when it seems like you got everything together Jesus loves you in the gap 
And I think most of us are frustrated in the gap. Because I know I could do better. I know I should do better. I know I shouldn't have done that. And In the gap, we end up throwing up our hands and saying, I quit. But what you need to understand is that Jesus will come to you in the middle of your dysfunction. In the middle of your sin. And all he's asking is, follow me. Follow me. We think Jesus is into behavior modification, but the truth is, is he's not into behavior modification. He's into life transformation. I love what John Gray says. He said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Because while you were dead in sin, he died for you. Number two. Jesus is comfortable being around people that were nothing like him. Jesus is comfortable being around people that are nothing like him. I I love this because people were comfortable being around Jesus even though they were nothing like him. It went both ways. It wasn't just Jesus, I'll take one for the team. I'll hang around these people, all these scumbags, you know, I don't really want to be around there, but... But people were comfortable being around him. People were messed up. Tax collectors and sin, here they are, they're messed up. And they're completely, they're just hanging out on the back patio, hanging out with Jesus, talking to Jesus. And Jesus isn't preaching at them. He's not telling them what they should do. He's just hanging out with them. And I think sometime, at some place in our lives, the church has lost focus of that. Because we love to point fingers at people. My good friend Sal, great guy, and uh, there was a time in his life he grew up in an extremely religious home, and uh, he just didn't like what he saw, and so he walked away from God. But he, all along, he knew that Jesus was calling him. One day, he decided, you know what? I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I'm going to go to the only place I know. I'm going to church. Now, you got to know Sal is a guy, he's got full-blown sleeves, tattoos on his hands, full-blown sleeves and gauges in his ears. And he walked into a, a denominational church, and I won't say who it, who it is, and he didn't, make it, he didn't even make it through the front door, and an elder in the church stepped up to him and said, Son, you want to come to this church, you go put a long sleeve shirt on. How can a church that serves a loving God, you got to understand that we, the church is not a place to condemn people, it should be a refuge, it should be a hospital, it should be a place that they don't have it figured out, they don't have all the answers, they don't have it checked off, they, they don't, and let me just tell you, I don't care what you have, what's going on in your life, you can come into this church and we're going to love you, come on, just like Jesus loves you between the gap of who you are now and who God has called you to be. And let me just say this, that if you've ever been to this church or any other church, and it felt like you're not loved, and you're not accepted, or people just kind of like lifted their nose at you and looked at you as you walked in, let me just tell you as a pastor, that's on us. That's not on Jesus. 
That's not on Jesus. Because can I tell you that Jesus loves you? Jesus would like you. Jesus knows how jacked up you are, and he would hang out with you. We think that Jesus, if he were to walk into the room right now in the flesh, we think Jesus would walk up to the most spiritual person and say, Hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, you, oh, you're so awesome, oh, servant of God. We think that that's what Jesus would. But can I tell you that he would go to the most broken? He would go to the one that nobody cared about, that everybody had written off. Because you know what? That's who God is. That's who Jesus is. He loves you. Third thing I want you to see in this is Jesus didn't come for people that have it all together. He came for people like me and you. He came for people like me and you. In verse 11 and 12, it says this. And when the Pharisees, come on, let's just put it like it is. And when the religious people saw it, saw Jesus hanging out with these people, when the religious people saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher Eat with tax collectors and sinners. When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I kind of like this because Jesus is hanging out with a big group of tax collectors and sinners. It says this over and over again. And when the Pharisees, the religious people, walk up and say, Why does he hang out with sinners and tax collectors? Jesus said, Listen here, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for sick. Now, if you're in the room and you're grouped in with these people, you and Jesus just called you sick. You know, you, come on, this this should cl- wait a second. What you come into my house? You call him, and I kind of get this feeling that people just went, "Yeah, we're sick." You know, kind of high fiving because people that are messed up know they're messed up. I don't need to put on a religious facade and come in and act like I got it all together and I've got it figured out and, oh, 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 my poop don't stink. I got it all. No, the thing is, is that sick people understand they're sick. And I'm telling you, you know, you want to know who God wants to use? You want to know who Jesus wants to use more than anybody? Is somebody who can look in the mirror and say, you know what? I know I messed up. I know I don't have it together. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm jacked up. But I know this, that God's grace is better. And God can use me no matter what my dysfunction. See, Pharisees' message was this. Change, and you can join us. Religious message is this. Change. And you can join us. But Jesus' message was and always will be, join us and you will change. See the massive shift, the massive difference? There's no striving in that. Not get your act together. You can, you, come on, do better. No, Jesus just says this, join us. And I'm telling you though, you keep following me. And you won't be the person that you were. You won't be the... I I tell Crystal all the time, she's married to a new man every two years. Because the things I used to freak out about, the things I used to scream about, come on, I don't don't even care anymore. 
Does anybody else, can anybody else relate? There's things that I used to do when I was young, and now then Jesus has begun to change me little by little. Is it an overnight process? No, but it's something that happens gradually. Can I tell you that it's not a law? It's about relationship. You can have a, you could have a marriage that obeyed all the laws and still not have a healthy relationship. You could everything as a husband, you could do everything that you're supposed to do. Every I I I, I love my I, you know I, I take care of my wife. I take care of the kids. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I don't have affairs. I, do, I, I check off the list and I do everything and still be in a horrible marriage. Because marriage isn't about law. I don't carry around a card that says five things I should do as a husband and five things I shouldn't do as a husband. The reason why I obey the laws of marriage is because I have a relationship and I love my wife. The reason why you should, what happens is, is when we begin as Christians or, or as Christ followers, as we begin to come in and say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't have a list of do's and don'ts, but what I do, I, I don't do the things I used to do because I'm in love with Jesus, and I, and I, don't, I don't need to do those things anymore, and it's something that begins to change on the, is, do I slip up every now and then? Yeah. Do I mess up every now and then? Yeah. Do I, do I have it all together? No, I don't have it all together, but I know this, that I continue to try and, and, and just follow Jesus. Jesus, and as I follow Jesus out of relationship, I begin to change. And out of a love for Jesus, you'll begin to transform. The last thing is following Jesus forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you are not. Following Jesus forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you are not. Let me put it this way. The more conscious I am of the work God has yet to do in me, the less critical I am of what God has yet to do in you. See, if I wake up every morning and simply say, ask myself the question, am I following Jesus? And I make a decision, today I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to be perfect I'm not going to have it all together, but I'm going to just concentrate my life on just following Jesus. Just, I'm just going to be a follower of Jesus. You know what that does? As I'm following Jesus, I don't have time to look at what you're not doing. I don't have time to turn around and look and say, well, why aren't you reading your Bible? Why aren't you praying? Why haven't you been at your... I don't have time for all of that stuff. Because here's the thing, is my focus is, am I following Jesus? And can I tell you, at the Church Royce City, we will always be a people that understands that everybody in this room is on a journey. And we're on different journeys, and we're at different steps and different walks in our relationship with God. And it doesn't matter where you are, if you're sitting here saying, well, I'm just not sure about it, or man, I'm a holy roller all the way. It doesn't matter where you are. We will never cross our arms and look down at you in judgment because we are so focused on following Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we understand that Jesus loves sinners. Jesus loved messed up people. Jesus loved people that made mistakes. That Jesus likes you just the way you are. And as I follow Jesus, come on, I understand that I once was lost. Come on. But now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And if it wasn't for grace,
where would I be? So this week, as you walk out of this room, not am I reading my Bible enough, that's good. Am I praying enough? That's good. Am I going to church? That's good. The question I want to answer through this series is, am I following Jesus? At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.